This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. struggle with sharing your faith with someone else of a different culture of a different religion maybe they come from a different country you know maybe they're just different and they have never heard about the gospel or they've never been exposed you know to your living faith now i know evangelism and sharing our faith is something we talk about often and kind of people feel like it gets a little bit overwhelming or it's quite complex or sometimes to some people it just feels really boring so here on voice of change today we are going to be breaking down how to share your faith and especially for millennials and especially when you meet people who are muslim we have a large muslim community around the world and you know what we have many many muslims that are around us all the time and we need to know how to be living ambassadors for Christ and how to be living examples of his truth and also of his saving grace to many people. And so welcome to you my special listener here on Voice of Change today on Radio K Pulpit. It is so good to have you with me. I want to break down, you know, what it means to really share our faith. What it really means to come alongside people in authentic relationships. You know what? We are living in a culture today that says be tolerant and don't really speak about these things. Respect other people and let them just do their thing you know let them believe what they want to believe and that kind of thinking is really really seeped deep down into our culture and especially when we are talking about millennials and young people and even maybe older people no matter who you are there is something for everybody on today's show because i am joined by Karen Bajani now Karen co-founded i hope ministries with her husband to come alongside the church and to teach and to change the way that everyday Christians are thinking about sharing their faith, particularly across different cultures. And she is the author of a forthcoming book for women, you know, on sharing your faith called The Blue Cord. And she is a fearless, visionary and inspiring coach. And she is just an incredible human being that has so much wisdom and so much to share with us today. It is really not just going to be one of those times where we talk about, hey, get on out there, do the Great Commission, get involved in evangelism. It's not that kind of thing at all. Today, we're going to break it down and it's going to be simple. It's going to be easy so that you can share this living faith that you have even with your colleague with your neighbor with a friend of a friend of a friend or maybe a family member whomever it may be today's show is for you so stick around and Karen is with me after this Karen I'm so happy to have you with me today I know that what we are sharing about particularly as a millennial I feel that this kind of conversation we're going to have today is absolutely needed firstly and secondly is going to be filled with so much truth so firstly mm-hmm. before we get into that and i know it's going to be a passionate conversation and powerful welcome to the show today thanks for having me lauren it's i'm really grateful to be here with you today and, and I'm so grateful to be with you because the work of I Hope Ministries and what you are doing is so incredible. I've been reading so much and following on social media and just feeling mm. very inspired and very impacted and, and excited to, you know, really talk about sharing the gospel and 
I mean, there's so much we're going to say today because when people hear, you know, oh, let's share the gospel immediately, they think they know what that means. But we're living yes. in a society, right? And a culture that is very, very much teaching us, you know, things that are leading us to really question and become a little bit timid when it comes to sharing mm -hmm. the gospel. And have you seen that as well? You know, we're living in a time right now, a cancel culture, as it's called as well, of be tolerant, you know, don't come and be overzealous, you know, don't put your opinions on other people. Have you seen that, that this is really gripping people, especially young people? Absolutely, Lauren. You know, when we talk about evangelism, I always get this picture in my mind's eye of being at a ginormous parade in Southern California a few years ago. It was what they call the Rose Bowl Parade, and we got there early. And before the parade began, there was a ragtag group of people going down the parade route with ginormous signs and banners that said, repent or go to hell. And in those in those banners, as they were holding those banners, they were shouting through big megaphones, repent or go to hell, repent or go to hell. And as I watched this, uh, this parade pass in front of us, some hecklers started to heckle them from the bleachers in front of us, and they almost broke out in a fist fight. Mm. And, and in that moment, I think that's often the viewpoint that we have as of evangelism is this picture in our mind's eye of bad evangelism mm -hmm. that when we say to evangelize others it means we need to grab like a bullhorn and go push our point of view on other people and yet that would be an incorrect uh, view of what we as Christians are called to do mm -hmm. and this is especially near and dear to my heart because when I was growing up in America's heartland in when I was a kid, the U.S. was back then was 93% Christian, and that has slid fast. It's now less than 65% of Americans profess mm. to be Christian, and I know there are more. Um, it's a higher percentage there where you live, and and yet it's so important because it can slide just as fast there. Mm. And and it comes down to your generation, the millennial generation. Barna put out some research recently within the last it was it was in the spring of 2019 that shared that almost half of practicing millennial Christians believe it's wrong to share their personal beliefs about faith with someone of another faith or culture. Oh. So it's no wonder right now that there's this sense of being intolerant when you share your faith. Hmm. Uh, have, have you found that to be true with millennials all around you, Lauren? I have. I think, I think, oh, it's, it's so, you know, I think uh, firstly living in South Africa where we have over 80% of the population professing to be Christians, um, it kind oh. of feels very safe. You know, you yeah. can't, you can't go anywhere without someone talking about God. Um, and so it's very safe and it feels, it, it actually as, as a, as a Christian, it feels good, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and like, but like you said, it can slip, you know, and we have a lot yeah. of issues here as well. So I feel like in South Africa, among millennials, uh, you know, I see, 
I see kind of the culture getting to millennials, you know, and I see yeah. what I've also seen is that older people, particularly when we talk about the, the baby boomer generation, we know there's such a big gap. Yeah. Um, we see um, baby boomers that often say things like, you know, you just got to, you just got to talk about it. You just got to whatever. But millennials, I know millennials, one of the things that I wanted to ask you as well, as have yeah. you witnessed that a big heart that millennials carry is for justice and particularly yeah. social justice and i believe mm-hmm. that that is a god-given call to the millennial generation but yet we are using mm-hmm. it in a wrong way mm-hmm. you know we're getting involved mm-hmm. in very secular movements um that are not very good and and but i do believe that because of that heart kind of for justice and and tolerance um it's kind of getting twisted and it is making you know, millennials a little bit more scared or reluctant, you know, to share their faith because they're kind of thinking, well, what injustice am I going to do to someone else, you know, if I share my faith? And I don't know if you've yeah. seen that as well, you know, millennials just having a heart for change and, and justice issues. That's why they always get involved in protests and marches, you know, but it's often right. used in the wrong way. And that's also what we need to combat. Absolutely. You know, over the course of the last couple of years, I have been writing a book to inspire and empower everyday Christian women to share their faith across cultures. Mm. And and I was the likeliest candidate to do this because I, too, felt that it was um, kind of somehow wrong or it wasn't even in my my radar to even think about sharing my faith across different cultures. And so as I went down that journey, I held focus groups with uh, many Christian women ages 18 to 80 all across mm-hmm. um, North America and the world. And and it was interesting to see these common patterns among women of all ages. Um, and, and mm-hmm. you know, what's impacting millennials is impacting everyone right now, but especially mm-hmm. millennials. And that's number one, um, none of our peers are, are talking about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, none of our peers are talking about sharing our faith across different cultures. And that already makes you countercultural to yeah. think about sharing your faith across cultures. And, and the next thing is that we're all tired and busy, you know, mm-hmm. between this COVID pandemic and, and the things happening in Afghanistan and just the, the constant flood of bad news 24 yeah. seven, we're getting pummeled with all of this. And it tends to make us just tired and overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And frankly, we just want to check out. Mm-hmm. And and then the next thing is, this is a big one. We want to please people. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been conforming to the world. And, and as believers in Jesus, we're not conformed. Uh, we're not called to conform to the world. Mm-hmm. In fact, we've probably been conforming for too long. And then the last one is that we just lack skill. This isn't something that the church at large has been talking about, how to go share your faith with people of other faiths and cultures like Muslims and Buddhists and Hindus. Um, We just haven't been talking about it. Certainly, when I was growing up, when we talked about the Great Commission, it meant that you gave money to missionaries who went overseas somewhere, mm. probably to Africa or China, in a place that it was there was probably going to be snakes. Definitely. And it didn't mean that we, where we lived, would cross cultural or religious boundaries to share our faith where we lived. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And interestingly, a lot has changed. Now, people of many faiths and cultures can live all around us as immigrants and refugees and international students. Yeah. And w- yeah. we have an incredible opportunity to share. And yet, um, and yet, if we're not thinking about it, or we think it's wrong to do it, we're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. And so as as I heard my millennial um, Christian sisters share this, I realized that what we have uh, in the church right now is a thinking problem. Mm-hmm. Um, because our thoughts lead to our actions, and our actions lead to fruit. So if we are thinking that it is wrong to share our faith with with women of other faiths and cultures, how likely are we to share our faith? Yeah. Not at all. Mm-hmm. If we if we are think we don't have the skills or that we're too busy or or that we're afraid because because we're worried about what people think about us, how likely are we to share? Mm-hmm. Not at all. Mm-hmm. So when we when we go back to this thinking problem, um Barna Research shares that the overwhelming majority of millennial Christians believe that we are supposed to share our faith. So, so we know that this is Jesus's mandate to us in Matthew 28. Yeah. He told us, go make witnesses among and disciples of all nations. And he also said in, to us again in Acts 1.8, but you will receive power in the Holy Spirit, and you will be my witnesses um, in Judea and Jerusalem and Samaria and to the ends of the world. So we know this. We know that yeah. this is part of our Christian heritage. And and we know we're supposed to. And yet, there's a disconnect. Hmm. There's a disconnect. Hmm. And so it comes down to, um, do we re- really believe um, the Bible. And, and here's one of the things I want to just camp out here for a second, Lauren, because on my own journey, I I had to wrestle with that as well. I went all the way over to the Middle East, thought I was a good Christian girl doing all the right things, Mm -hmm. checking all the boxes, doing Bible study and, and volunteering at my church and, and doing all the Christian things. I was going to go to the Middle East and share my faith. And the first time I got, um, I heard the call to prayer and saw that I was surrounded by a sea of women in hijabs and men in what looked to me like long blue robes. I felt fear, just complete overwhelming Mm -hmm. fear. And then I met a woman there who was one of the only missionaries um, in in her town and just kind of a, a tense area in the Middle East. And she took one look at me as I was in a full meltdown moment. And she handed me tissue after tissue after tissue, and she told me, I asked her, how do you live in this place? How do you go out to share your faith when there are beheadings and and there's war and there's this radical Islamic ideology? How do you go out there with such peace? And what I realized is that her... Um, she would spend two hours in the Bible every single day mm. and she would pray and just press into the Lord. And as she, she shared with me her journey, it was almost as though I could just feel Jesus in her kitchen. And, and I thought um, her faith is so strong. She has no doubt that she should walk outside her door 
and, and go throughout that city and share with as many women as she can the goodness of, of Jesus before she could be killed. Hmm. And I thought, here she is. This woman is out sharing her faith. Not just her faith. She's sharing good news about salvation in Jesus Christ. Um, and she is so strong. And I thought, man, I have such weak faith. Could I ever do that in the United States where people would look at me and think that I am um, intolerant? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Or, or um, you know, what would they think of me? Mm. And then I, and I realized, man, that was wrong thinking. Mm. And since that time, um, I have met many women from other facing cultures just like who, her. And these are these are former Muslim women who gave up everything mm. to follow Jesus. And when they made it here to the to to the United States, they looked around and said they couldn't wait to meet Christians here and fellowship with Christians and dive into the Word. And they realized as they looked around that the Christians here had weak faith. Mm. They didn't know what they believed. Mm. They were. Um, they were believing Christians, but not re reading the Bible, you know? And that is so, so, so important. That is so, yeah. so important what you're talking about now. And I think sometimes because we live in societies where, like I said earlier on, you know, Christianity is kind of what we would consider our national religion, say, so to speak. You become, yeah. you, div you have mm -hmm. that weak faith, but you don't really realize that you have it. You know, because right. it's 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 kind of comfortable, and then when you're out of that comfort zone, it's quite it's quite intense, you know, and it's 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 so different. And I think that that is something that we learn from people who live also in persecuted countries. You know, the persecuted mm -hmm. church has such powerful faith, but because they're yeah. living in 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 societies like that, like you mentioned before, and I think that it's so so important for us to also think about. And we're gonna go to a quick song break, but there's something. That, that I'm thinking of, you know, while, while I'm listening to you sharing, I think that, you know, sometimes people just want to, want to get out there and they, like you said, get a little bit, what, what we would say, maybe a little bit militant, you know, be like uh -huh. overzealous, maybe, you know, like repent or yeah. it's all about Jesus. And, you know, I had this life changing experience. So that is the way that you need to be. And, and, you know, that can also, I think that that has made millennials a little bit scared. You know, they've seen yeah. that in the past, you know, they've seen right. that people do that and then other people get quite hurt by that, you know, and, right. and that could be that I know is another barrier for young people because I've heard them share that as well. You know, you don't want to hmm. be so, so overzealous that you push someone away. You can't form an authentic relationship with them. And I think that is also key, but these are, these are like, I feel like these are all little pieces that we're going to touch on when we come back. We can probably talk about each of them, but we're going to go to a really yeah. quick music break. And Karen is still going to be with me because we still have a lot to unpack, a lot to share today and a lot that we want to empower yeah. you with so that when we come back, you know, you can, you can really know that, Sharing your faith is important. And I also want to get a bit practical today. So don't go anywhere. Enjoy some music. We'll be with you after some good songs. You're with me, Lauren Jacobs, here on Voice of Change today. And I'm joined by Karen. And we're talking about, you know what, the barriers that 
are there when it comes to sharing our faith. And we, we hear about sharing the gospel. We hear about, you know, evangelism. We hear that it's part of our faith. But again, as Karen alluded to earlier on, you know, we are often not actually taught how to do this. And so in our minds, it gets quite complex. And it gets quite, you know, like, how, what kind of language should we be using? Should we know about the Quran? How, how much should we know about Buddhism? And, and become so complex in our minds. Now, Karen, I wanted to ask you something that I feel is very important. And, you know, sometimes we have seen in the past how maybe overzealousness has led to people being hurt and you know just like you, you shared that story as well in the beginning people standing up and saying you know repent or you're going to hell or you know well i i i know jesus and, and i met him and and i had this life-changing transformative moment and and you need to have it as well you know just kind of mm-hmm. almost then being a, a kind of almost a bit better than the person you yeah. know that you're, you're trying to share you know this message with and this can be quite yeah. damaging, isn't it? You know, when we enter into sharing our faith from that way in that context. Mm-hmm. Yes, Lauren, you know what? I'm going to share with your listeners five things that every Christian can just know and do. And these are simple things mm-hmm. to remember. And that's great because when we remember them, we can actually do them. And they're pretty simple to do as well. But before I share those five things, I want to just step back for a second and say we want to build and do these things on a strong foundation. And we alluded to this um, at the beginning. And the first is to really understand um, that, that everything that you do just springs forth out of your own relationship with the Lord. And so so sometimes I know women especially have a really hard time sharing their faith with others because they don't have a faith worth sharing. So that's job one. You want to make sure that you're pressing into the Lord and you're reading the the word and you are growing in your faith and realizing how much God loves you first, because it's impossible to share that love with other people if you haven't fully realized it first yourself. So that's job one. Dive into the word, press into the Lord, make sure that you know um, how much he loves you and that you have a faith worth sharing. Mm -hmm. And then once that's your ground, that's your your foundation. Now we can talk about those five things. And, and first, I want to share with you where these five things even came from. Yeah. Because, and these really, this started over a decade ago. My husband was born in the Middle East to a Christian family, and he was persecuted and tortured for his Christian faith. So when he came here to the United States as an immigrant, he walked away from the Lord thinking, if God was real, he would have saved him from all of those things. Mm-hmm. But God wooed him back. And he be- now today he likes to say, I am serving the God I once denied, loving the people I once hated. And so when God put him on this journey, he began to just study all of the, the best of the best, the academics and the practitioners who are sharing their, their faith across cultures to Muslims. And what he realized is, man, this is rocket science. I can't do this. <laughs> I'm trying to do it. But there is just too much to remember. And this is too hard. And I am not seeing any fruit. Mm. And so in that in that journey, he thought, well, you know what, I just can't replicate what what those those people are doing. So I'm just going to talk to to new believers who came from a Muslim background. And, and just hear their journey to Christ. So he did that. 
repeat, he interviewed um, so many Muslims from all over the world, read their stories, you know, listened on YouTube, talked to them individually, one-on-one. And over time, what he began to realize is there are some patterns across all of those testimonies. Now, all of our all of our journeys to Christ are are just as varied as a snowflake, and yet there were five five patterns across all of those. And so he began to call them the, the five essentials. We call them the five fundamental things that every Christian can know and do. So mm-hmm. that's about the time I met my husband Renaud, and I was just a little tiny. I'd come from a little tiny farming community. I never knew anyone of another faith or culture. In fact, I didn't even know Islam existed for most of my my life. Mm-hmm. And um, just the thought of engaging with uh, a Muslim woman about matters of the heart and spiritual things just really freaked me out. But what I realized is I could do these five things. And so here's what they are. And as mm-hmm. I share them with your listeners, they're going to think, well, that is so easy. I could do that. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing, knowing them and doing them are two completely different things. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's when we go out and we practice them, put them into practice with intention, that's when we begin to see fruit. So first, the first thing I want your listeners to know is that Muslims have a completely polar opposite uh, worldview from, from Christians. So we believe that Jesus is is the way to salvation and Muslims believe that that it couldn't be further from the truth, mm. that it would be blasphemy to consider that, Jesus, that there's only the way to, to paradise is through Jesus. That's blasphemy to a Muslim. Mm. So, so initially, you are completely on opposite ends of the spectrum. So you cannot, uh, you cannot believe a Western point of view that when you go and you share John 3.16 and mm. say, will you accept Jesus? They're going to say yes right then because... Yeah, probably not. Odds are not not Mm. that that's not going to happen. The other thing to realize is that you can't bring anyone to Christ. You don't have that power Mm. Um, because the 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 Bible tells us that um, we're looking for people that the that the Father, our Father, Heavenly Father, is wooing to Himself. Yes, And so we're looking for people that God is willing to himself and that the Holy Spirit is at work within. So with that in mind, with that in mind, what we are called to do is to be an ambassador for Christ. And every one of us can do that. Mm-hmm. We're, we're his witnesses. We're declaring his glory among the nations. But if you, if you think about it, we declare a lot of things glory. We might like make my new car glorious or mm-hmm. my vacation glorious. And we're called to declare God's glory among the nations around us. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, the first thing we're going to do is this is obvious. Love, love in words, actions and deeds, mm-hmm. um, because God is love and, and we are to love. But Love is not enough. When you think about it, you know, God loved us, but still many of his children aren't interested in following him. Yeah. So we do love. That's that's essential. And we need to do more. So the second thing is that we are looking for persons of peace. That is someone that God might be wooing to himself. Hmm. And so... Um, 
so oftentimes when we think about evangelism or bad evangelism, it's, it feels like it, all the weight of the world comes down on our shoulders to have just the perfect words and the perfect yeah. scripture and this special way that I say it so that they'll say, yes, that's that's wrong thinking. We're just looking for the people that God's already wooing to himself. So mm-hmm. we're looking for clues. So here, the next thing, the next principle essential, this helps us discern those clues. And that is we share um, the Bible and mm-hmm. we share the gospel. These are these are two things. So here's how easy this is. Um, and I'm going to tell it in a story. I met a young woman from Iran and um, we were seated next together at an international student event and I looked at her and I said, hey, my name is Karen and I'm a follower of Jesus. And here's what that means. It means uh, what God says in Romans 10, 9, when you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. How about mm. you? And she looked at me and she, she said, oh, my gosh, you're the first Christian I have ever met. <laughs> wow. My name is, and she told me her name, and then she said, do you know, you know, I'm so interested in how you pray, how you Christians pray. Here's how we pray. And next thing you know, she's jumping up, and she's sharing with me the whole prostration of how she prays. And we ended up having an hour and a half conversation about deeply spiritual things. Now, that would never have happened if I, number one, hadn't identified myself as a follower of Jesus. Hmm. and and what I believe by quoting Romans 10 9 so what happened in that situation was um, I shared scripture and that's that's like planting a seed that's important because yeah. God's word is living and active piercing to our soul and spirit discerning our thoughts and the intentions of our heart so we want to make sure that we're sharing the word when it's a, timely appropriate and the next thing, um, when I said that, that was kind of like a way for me to see, is she a per- potential person of peace? And here's how I knew. She leaned right back in at me when I identified myself as a Jesus follower. She leaned in and she wanted to talk about spiritual things. Mm-hmm. So, so that was a clue that God might be wooing her and working in her heart. Mm-hmm. Now, um, and in that process, when I shared Romans 10, 9 with her, I shared the gospel with her, too. Just planted that gospel seed. I didn't expect her to suddenly go, oh, my goodness, I've been waiting for this moment. Let me accept yeah. Jesus now. No, it was just a, a, a Muslims need to hear the gospel at least 15 times mm. um, over the course of their journey. And, and typically, I hear about a two-year journey for Muslims to come to Christ. Oh, wow. So, it's such a t- you know very different concept that mm. it takes a long time um, for them to really understand. And then so so we first we talked about love. Next, look for that person of peace. Realize you can't bring anyone to Christ. That's the work of the Holy Spirit as led by the Father. You're sharing the Bible. You're sharing the gospel. And the last one, this is a little used one, but it's really important, and everyone can do that. Mm-hmm. And that is to pray with your friend of another faith in Jesus' name. Mm. So, so often we say, I'm going to pray for my friend, you know, that Muslim friend, that neighbor across the street. I'm going to pray for her, but I encourage you to pray with her. 
Mm. Because there's something different about your prayers that you offer up in Jesus's mighty name. Mm. You know, Karen, I was just thinking now, you know, when you're talking about, you know, praying with your friend, that is such a challenge, isn't it? It's such a big <laughs> challenge because I find that Christians often have a have a problem just praying together you know if someone uh -huh. says you know oh man i'm going for a job interview for example you yeah. know i'm going for a job yeah. interview will you pray for me then people say yeah n you know i'll pray for you you know but hardly ever do we get the situation where it's like let's pray now you know i'm not gonna yeah. go home and pray for you you know for your right. job interview let's pray right. now and i've and yeah. I witnessed that that people don't do that anymore you know it's very rare yeah. that someone will just stop immediately and be like no let's just you know there's four of us together we're having a birthday celebration for example let's pray now let's pray yeah. for this thing now so to to be challenged like this is incredible and i love it to say you know what Let's let's uh let's pray with our friend that has a different faith, who's from a different culture, and and I'm thinking of you know a couple of years ago we were in the UK, my husband and I, he was busy preaching um at a church, and a lady that was there, a British lady, was actually married to a Muslim man, um and he was not saved, and uh, mm -hmm. she convinced him to come to church that <laughs> Sunday, and it was so interesting because my husband was preaching the word, and then afterwards started. Praying praying for people and sharing words, you know, with them prophetically. And uh, he was so, this Muslim man that was there, he was so, he just sat there. You could see him with these big eyes and offers. He just came to speak to my husband and he said, I don't know what happened, but I felt something. Um, and it was uh, very different from what I've ever experienced before. And that just really opened up that yeah. ability to talk to him. And I think that, that God just comes in when we pray. And when we pray for, you know, just like you're sharing, it's also realizing that God is with us when we pray and there's power in, in our prayers. We take it for granted sometimes. Someone else can witness you know, that prayer will feel God's presence and they've never experienced that before. And that is powerful. Yes. And I think that this is such an important challenge for our listeners, for people who are listening to us today to say, you know what, also get out of the comfort zone, you know, and, and to pray with even maybe you have a colleague or someone at university that you know, you know, sometimes people are going through hard times, especially now with COVID and different things happening, or maybe you lost a loved one. You can say, not, I'm going to go home and pray for you, but can I pray for you right now? Can I pray with you today? And that's going to make a huge difference. Yes, absolutely. You know, you said a couple things in there, some incredible nuggets. So, so one, just realize that your Muslim neighbors all around you, they are praying, they're working so hard to, to pray to God as they know him. Mm. Five times a day, they are praying each day, day in, day out, just really striving and their prayers are rarely answered. And there's something different about it when you pray in Jesus's name. Mm -hmm. And so here's the other thing. Muslims expect that if your faith is important to you, that you would talk about it. Mm 
because their lives are oriented around Islam. And so when you don't talk about your Christian faith with your Muslim friends, they assume that it doesn't really mean anything to you. Wow. So just feel yeah. free, just feel liberated to share. And then, Lauren, you mentioned that comfort zone. And and you are so right. You know, oftentimes that's where we want to camp out. We want to camp out in the comfort zone where we mm. are with other believers mm. who are just like us. We're not talking about sharing our faith, especially across other faiths and cultures, that it's intolerant to do so, this, that, or the other. And so when that happens, what we have to realize is um, just think about your thinking. Mm. Who is God? what did he call you to do what does his word say and and when you start to just really come to terms with that it's weighty because then you know if i do not um step out in faith with what the lord calls me to do then i'm in disobedience and that just feels icky i'm just yeah. gonna sit around feeling bad because i know i'm not doing what the lord is calling me to and so then that means next step you're gonna step feebly out into this area which i call the frustration zone because you don't feel like you quite know what you're doing <laughs> yeah and and you know you should be sharing your faith and there's these five things to do and and you start to practice them with some intention but it feels a little frustrating because your friends aren't doing it and no one's talking about it but you're just you're trying and and yeah. so the lord has such mercy on us i think about paul when he stepped out of the boat to follow jesus on water it was just like that when we step out of our boat and onto the water to follow jesus in the way he tells us to you know at first we get all brave i'm gonna do this mm. and then we look around at the <laughs> world and we get overwhelmed at the yeah. waves and we sink and that's normal when it happens to you. It happened to Paul. He's such a great example. Um, but Jesus didn't let him sink. He reached out, grabbed a hold of him immediately, the Bible tells us, and pulled him back up. And he will us too. So mm. we just keep following Jesus. And at some point, we'll move past that frustration zone and into the joy zone. Mm. And that is... When you are just walking in a very vibrant relationship with the Lord and he is opening your eyes to see the nations all around you, people that he loves. The word tells us that God wants all people, all people to come to know him and to be saved. And we get the incredible privilege. He could he could save them all at once, but we get the incredible privilege to be the ones to share. And in that process, there is nothing more spectacular that when you walk with someone and you lead them to Christ and you get to be there as part of that moment and you see the joy when mm. they, for the first time, they realize and get overwhelmed by the love of the Lord. That's the joy zone, and that's where the Lord calls each one of us to. Hmm. How special is that moment? And I reflect on that with that story that I shared with you earlier on, you know, just witnessing, you know, that that man coming forward and saying, 
I don't know what happened, but I've never experienced something like that. And yes, he didn't get saved in that moment, but you could see there was, you know, the Holy Spirit had revealed something to him and there were seeds planted and that, that is so incredible. And it's such a beautiful moment. And Karen, I want to say thank you so much. I can't believe like our time flew by today so quickly. And I want to say thank you for being with me on the show because I feel like there is so much. I was making a few notes as well while you were talking. There was so much that you were sharing with us that I think that we can just really put into practice no matter where we are mm. at you know we don't have to leave our country to to put this into no. practice you know we Great. can do it right there and and Karen thank you thank you for being with me on the show and super super pray that so many blessings will reach you and your husband your family your amazing ministry that you're doing thank you for all that you're doing for God's kingdom thanks Lauren thanks so much Thank you so much. Bye-bye. The world we live in has really, really taught us so much about what it means to be tolerant. But you know, Abba Father is just incredible because his word to us tells us that we are ambassadors for his kingdom. Not only ambassadors, but we have a mandate and a mission that he's given to us. He also says in his word that how will they know if we don't go? How will they believe if they've never heard? Who will speak? Who's going to tell that truth? How are people going to get saved if we don't go, if we don't speak up, if we don't share our faith? And you know, I believe that Karen today has shared so much with us, has shared with us deep things that we can almost unpack and unpack over and over again. And I want to encourage you, you know, that this message that we have spoken today, I believe that maybe we can hear over and over again. So we have these podcasts up on our website, kpulpit.co.za. Go on over to the podcast link, click on podcast and go on over to Voice of Change. And you know what? Maybe listen to the show again. Maybe you caught it while you were driving. Maybe you caught it on your way home. Listen to this again. Make some notes and really pray and ask God how to stir and move your heart in this time and in this season. More than ever, people need hope. And that hope is found in Jesus Christ. And if we believe that, if we proclaim it, we have to live it. And that's the challenge that we've been given today. Don't let this life or this moment pass you by. Somebody came to my school back in 2002 and boldly shared Jesus with a class full of hooligans. We were matric students and we were hooligans. But somebody came and shared their faith with us. And that day I was saved and I never looked back. It is so, so important to realize the power that we have in sharing our living relationship with the Messiah, with other people. We have this beautiful gift Let us give it and let us give it with love freely to other people. It's been so good to be with you on Voice of Change today. You know what? God is good. He is so greatly to be praised. And you know what? He's given us a mission and a mandate to go out and take his name, his love, his salvation to the world. Let us meet the challenge and live up to the cause. See you next week. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.